Welcome back to the Beerly Hockey Podcast presented by Beerly Sports. I'm your host, Phil Razor, and I'm once again joined by the AOK Aaron Kinney and the naive Nate McBride. Guys, it is time. We are back. It is time for the division breakdowns. And as the bandwagon homers that we are, we're starting off with the Metropolitan. Everybody else can suck it. No. Um, we're starting with the Metro tonight because there's big news coming out of it as well. So we figured we'd start here. And we'll uh, work our way down until we get to uh, just about opening night. So we will be, uh, you know, going over the Metropolitan Division night. But let's start with Aaron. How are we doing, buddy? What are we drinking on this beautiful Wednesday evening? Dude, I am doing a hell of a lot better than I was a week ago. A little conflicted with all the shit coming out of Columbus. All the he said, she said, who said, what said about Mike Babcock. It's all over now, boys. So I am crushing the champagne of beers in celebration. We got a Miller High Life here. Mike Babcock did not get to even coach a practice here and implant his cancer on our organization beyond a couple of fucked up meetings where he went through people's phones. We got Pascal Vincent. We got high flying offense. We got a coach who knows how to talk to players. Patrick Line is, quote, as excited as he's been since he can remember. And I am just as much so to watch the Blue Jackets get into this season. And... I am just, yeah, that's that's what I got. That's what I got on here. The vibes are very high. How about you guys? How's Love everybody it. else feeling? Love it, dude. Nate, how we doing, man? How's your Wednesday night? What are we drinking? Oh, dude, we're doing good. We're just, you know, slaving away during the week, getting ready for football on the weekends and waiting for hockey season to be upon us. Um, you know, definitely going to, for me, going to be eating a little crow at the beginning of this episode because I feel like I, I, you know, I wasn't really coming to the defense of my Mike Babcock, but I was trying to play a little devil's advocate last episode. And, um, yeah, I was not right. That dude is bad, bad news. So thank God he's out. Um, and honestly, my beer tonight is to describe him from our friends at Columbus Brewing. It's their Imperia India Pale Ale called Creeper. He is in <laughs> fact a creeper, bro. He... <laughs> I've had this I've had this stashed away in the fridge for probably about seven months. I wasn't sure when I was gonna crack this, but it, tonight just felt like the night. Yeah, it's that's a very good decision on your part, I think. That's no better way to honor the departure of that man. Um, Extremely apropos, Nate. Yeah. Thank you. How Thank about you, you I'm Phil? Here all week. How about you, Phil? What are you sipping on tonight? Well, boys, I'll tell you what. We got absolutely pickled out in Breckenridge. Uh, drinking at 10,000 feet is not for the faint of heart. Um, the boys had a great time. Monday wedding, so just a weekend of debauchery and then a Monday night of debauchery, too. Do they sell so that, uh, have... that oxygen in the can at the gas stations out there? Have, oh, dude, I didn't even see shit? any, but in Breckenridge. In Breckenridge, they have an 80% tax on tobacco. It's just ridiculous. Holy Christ. Yeah. It's the, it's the most un-American thing of all time. While simultaneously being the most American thing by driving up your, you know, your profit margins if you're the business owner. But Not really uh, if it's a all, tax, dude. That shit's all going to the government. It's all going to the government, I know. No, they figure with that high tax, they can just, you know, jack up the price to help their own margins, too um yeah buying a a vape out there is like almost 40 bucks um tonight i am gonna go with celsius sponsor us all right (laughs) make make a hard hard version of this and we'll drink it um yeah no i uh i i need a little energy as we record tonight so 
this has been my uh, whatever. Also, did it just dry up? You know, like your lips are chapped automatically as soon as you get there. Hands are getting all cracked. So it's nice to be back at uh, at sea level, boys. You know? Got to be moisturized. Oh, dude, yeah. Mo- get, moisturize all you want. You're get the lotion screwed. going, bud. You're getting ashy up there. You do. You absolutely do, guys. We'll kick it off tonight. We kind of alluded to it, but we're going to talk about it a little more. Um, Mike Babcock. I mean, and I. I want to get my piece out there, and then I'll let you guys go. This is just I'm going to let you guys one. go on this. I I spent like an hour uh, guest appearing with like a live reaction to this shit on the soda pod. I, I've i like tapped out my Mac Babcock hate. I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, anyone who cool. hasn't checked out the soda pod, go over there and look for that. Uh, those guys are awesome. They have great hockey content, but... Uh, there's like over an hour of Blue Jackets content and just kind of around the league stuff on there as well that I did on Sunday. So just got to throw a quick plug in for those guys. But I want to hear what both of you have to say about this. And I am going to totally butt out unless somebody says something egregious. No, you know what? Nate is the one that has to eat crow. So Nate, I'm going to default to you. I jumped the gun there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think last episode I tried to play a little devil's advocate, tried to say that, you know, player just, you know, sounds like a coach just wanting to get to know his players. But um, then obviously we listen, you know, we hear about, you know, the reports coming out of the investigations from the NHLPA um, and just saying that there was one particular interaction that really you know, rub people the wrong way and honestly rub me the wrong way as well. They said there was one interaction where, you know, Babcock not at a CBJ rink or CBJ facility, just some undisclosed location, you know, had a meeting with a a certain player and had that player's phone for, for, you know, several minutes, you know, so I've heard, I've heard seven to eight, I've heard 10, you know, all over the board, but yeah, no, can't have that. There's nobody. I, I'm not giving my phone to anybody for you know two minutes, let alone seven, eight, ten minutes. Um, and there's nothing that you need to be scrolling through like that on some guys on a player's phone. Like that is a pure invasion of privacy. You had no right to be asking and holding on to the phone for that long. Um, and honestly, if you're a player. What are you going to say? Like, that's your coach. That's the guy that's going to control your ice time, man. You can't be holding on to players' phones for this long. You you can't be doing creepy shit like this. He was already on thin ice. He he knew he was on thin ice. Um, and then we heard the Blue Jackets press conference with Yarmo and John Davidson. You know, they, I mean, John Davidson, first thing he said, you know, one of the first things he said was, we obviously got this wrong. Um, and so at least they own, at least they're owning that a little bit, but, you know, hearing about their due diligence process, they say, you know, they talked to a lot of people that knew Mike, a lot of people that, um, knew him around the league, knew him, you know, up in wherever he was, Winnipeg, wherever the fuck he's been for the last few years, Toronto, whatever. Um, but honestly, man, it sounds like they talked to a lot of friends of Babcock and they even said they had you know previous relationship with that you know their previous relationships with Babcock so obviously they weren't totally impartial to you know what this guy's done and so they're like all right you know maybe they're one of the believers they're like okay maybe he has turned a good leaf maybe he's changed you know that you know he's learned his lesson he'll come back better but 
sorry man creeps be doing creep stuff and they don't stop doing creep stuff and this is just another example of you know him it, it was like a way of him trying to be intimidating with a player trying to assert his dominance over who that person you know who that player is power trip. honestly playing a little bit of mind games with him like he did in detroit like he's done everywhere else so adios mike babcock fuck off good riddance this was your last chance in the nhl and you done did blow it so and probably your last chance in hockey so enjoy retirement guy yeah yeah maybe a senior men's league will take him but that's about that's about it um <clears throat> nate i you know want to second everything you said there uh everything from the mitch marner incident and i'm you know anybody that listens to any of the major hockey podcasts already heard about everything he's done all the way down to like the Chris Chelios, Jason Spezza, and um, Mike Madano. You know, Mike Madano getting sat from you know a game where they were already had playoffs locked up for his fifteen hundredth game. Good Mike Madano's hockey DB man, fourteen ninety nine. Like the power moves, this guy like what he perceives is I'm the one in charge. It's disgusting. It's been well documented. It's annoying that he pulls this shit constantly. It's bad for the game, to be honest. He gets off. Like, like these guys already, your... these guys already know. These guys already know that you control their ice time. What, what more dominance do you need to assert well, over what, these? It, it's what, just, it, it's stupid coach mind games. Why does he? Why does he want to prison fuck Mike Madano out of fifteen hundred games? That's just the dumbest shit. You know, who, who are you trying to impress? He won. He won a Stanley Cup with one of the best teams to ever skate him up and do it. So congrats. You went to Toronto for your big money move. Fine. You know, he had a two-year deal in Columbus. This is what I want to say on this. First of all, never liked the hiring. I was very clear about that on the podcast. Didn't like it. Didn't trust it. Thought it was like a edgier version of a John Tortorella. Tortorella was the right hire at the right time. Mike Babcock, I get that they wanted to overcorrect from Brad Larson, players coach, nice guy you know, whatever. They wanted to go the opposite route. But they chose the absolute worst person to do it. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars hiring Urban Meyer 2.0 kind of deal. Like, nobody on earth thinks it's a good idea. Why'd you do it? Yeah. That being said, we can sit here and take shots at the Blue Jackets brass for, I I get it, they gave him a, a chance. They wanted to give a proven guy a chance. Sorry about the train in the background, all the listeners. Um, what I want to say is all the Blue Jackets fans that came out of the woodwork to slam spitting chicklets. I'm not defending chicklets. Biz throwing Boone Jenner under the bus was, was bullshit. Yeah, and he apologized that bull- for that, too. I don't think yeah, he meant oh, to he, throw he him did. under the bus. He was just kind of like off the cuff saying what he heard. But yeah, that's yeah, they, they realized that they, they fucked up by mentioning players' names. But it's almost good that they did because it fucking did. got they, out. They 100% did. Yeah, it did. Oh, 100%. Boone Jenner is a recently married man that, you know, he's not, you know, for, I mean, we don't know what's on Boone Jenner's phone, but there are about 10 other guys in that team that have the photos that Biz alluded to on Spit and Chicklets on their phone before, you know, Boone probably does at this yeah. point. So, you know, you, you could have picked a number of guys, but, you know, I'm not defending that part of it. I do think it's funny that a lot of Blue Jackets fans took what the team said from the PR department as doctrine yeah. and ran with it. I'm like, you guys are acting like sheep. 
You're acting like fucking sheep. This is what the team is supposed to do. They are trying to make a bad situation look better. So I just think everybody fucked up in reporting this story. The team didn't fuck up in reporting the story by any means. The PR team is going to go out there and say what they're going to say. But everybody who instantly bashed Spit and Chicklets and then, you know, Chicklets for throwing Boone out there irresponsibly just fumbled all over the place. And the only podcast that covered us correctly was 32 Thoughts. Shout out to Jeff and Elliot for always being phenomenal at their jobs. Consummate professionals. I thought they covered it perfectly. You know, just to chime in here, and, you know, I think Elliot Friedman said this perfectly on 32 Thoughts, the most recent, their most recent release. You know, he's a, you know, he's one of those guys and I, and I share his thoughts, you know, the buck always has to stop at the top. And so you have to, so in this case, you got to look at the ownership here, you know, the buck stops with ownership, right? So there's got to be questions, you know, and they put they put out a statement saying, you know, they're, you know, obviously they're very disappointed in what's happened the last few weeks. Um, but uh, but at some point, you've got to be just a little more hands on. I they you know, they've been there. The Blue Jackets ownership, the McConnell family, they are notorious for being a very hands off ownership group. And a lot they, of they lot have of a reputation like for because they like let you do your job and they do it. Yeah, no. Well, want, yes. I, well, no. Hold on. Hey, 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 hey. Simmer down. Simmer down. I need y'all to shut the fuck up. Say your piece. They, yes. They, you know, they hire people to do their jobs. And that's great. I, you know, that's, that is what the world, that's how the world is supposed to function. You're supposed to hire people for jobs and then let them do their jobs. But at the same time, you know, this, when you had to have heard the news that your team's hiring this guy. You know, you looked him up. You know, you had you heard some things about him. Where I hope that I hope that they came in at some point during this and asked questions to Yarmo and John Davidson, like, "Hey, is this you know? So this is the guy. You know, why? You know, what are your references? Why are you know? Why are we bringing him in? And if there wasn't any questions asked by ownership, if they were just kind of, you know, again." I'm basically blindly looking, saying, you know, that's not, you know, whatever's happening is happening. I've got some questions for ownership. Yeah, I do. I, so I talked with Hoppy a lot about this on Sunday. The, the overarching theme here, and one of the big reasons that I'm not ever going to say anything bad about Boone Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau with the statements they gave, Mike Babcock is a conniving smart motherfucker. He knows yep. the people that he has to treat right, and he knows the people that he can push around that aren't going to speak up. And yeah. he went in, even before he got hired, he was talking with Yarmo about this. Like, hey, you know, I'd love to get to know you. Like, I want to show you some things like this farm that I have in Ohio. I want to show you some pictures of my family. I'd love to see some of yours. That's how he approached it with management. I think that's how he approached it with the team leaders, and that's why they had good experience. And then he singled out the kids that were trying to make the team, the young players that didn't have a lot of pull in the organization, the guys that he thought he could push around, and he'd already built this smoke screen ahead of it where if it comes out that Mike Babcock's sharing pictures and wanting to see your pictures, that management's like, oh, well, you know, he did that with me and it was no big deal. Meanwhile, he doesn't know that he's taking this phone from this kid at a place off-site, mind you. He invited this player over to his house per Elliot Friedman, and 
had his phone in his hand for several minutes scrolling through the shit, which is completely different than the experience that he had with the people that he knew could influence his career. He's like, I'm going to suck up to all these people. And like you said, Phil, with like the references from the uh, friends of Mike Babcock or like the people that Yarmo and JD reached out to, it's like when Mike Babcock wants to impress people, he can put on the face of a good guy. It's the shit that he does in the shadows that he doesn't think is going to get out or on people that he thinks he has power over that you really see his true self. So that's, I think that's why he kept getting jobs. I think that's why he was able to uh, work his way back into the NHL after three years. And it's, I mean, this one is, is gotta be it. Like you said, Nate, he's fucking done. Oh, he's done. And the thing is, we have, I haven't even shared the worst story about Babcock yet. Johan Franzen, what he did to that guy, that had that incredible Wings team up in arms. I mean, you had Lindstrom in there screaming at Babcock over that yeah. one. I mean, he bullied a guy that was going through injury after injury and battling major depression. So I have questions. I don't, I mean, I get chances and all that, like I said earlier. Yarmo's seat is hot. To me, Yarmo's oh, seat is sure. hot now. It's hot. If you don't make playoffs this year, and I don't even know if making playoffs is good enough, you may have to do something with this young nucleus. Or Rick Nash is right fucking there to take the job. I don't know how much Rick would have been involved in the hire. I don't think he was because he's in player development. Yeah, he, uh, he was cited. Development. He was so cited. As he may have had a conversation. He was cited as a guy who uh, they talked to about Babcock. But again, this it was based on his experience with Babcock as coach of Team Canada in the Olympics, where everyone on that team is a superstar. Babcock's trying to go out that he, dude, my fucking buddy's Australian Shepherd could have coached that team to a gold medal. That's how good yeah. that team was. That's how much leadership was there. He knew he wasn't the man, so he treated everybody up front and good. And I think that's what yeah. Nash probably said when he was giving people the references for Babcock. But yeah, yeah uh, the statement that ownership came out with was pretty damning. And the, they said, based on, you know, all the young people or the young prospects we have coming in and where our organization is right now, coming into training camp with a new coach, we don't think it would be right to make changes at the top at this time. At this time is the key statement there. They're like, let's get through this season. Let's see how this shit goes. If it's, it, unless they really turn shit around, it's over, in my opinion. Yeah, it, they are now all on one-year deals. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Th I mean, this is an absolute embarrassment for the organization. Yeah, it's it so. sucks that it had to take this route, but I am very hopeful for the season now. I've been trying to be optimistic about this ever since the hiring was announced. I mean, I, I am not a Babcock guy. I did not think it was going to turn out well. I don't think he's even that really good of a coach. But I, I've really been trying to look for the positives. And now that he's gone, it's like a weight off my back. I'm like, this team actually can do some things now. At least that happened before training camp. Vincent gets to come in. He, he worked with Babcock enough to learn some of the good that he offers, you know, the defensive schemes and systems. And I, I'm pretty hopeful for what this team can do. And it seems like Patrick Line and some of the other young guys, I think they're excited to have Vincent in charge. And I'm, I'm feeling much better about this team now than I was a week ago. I don't want to sit out. I don't want to harp on this too long. It's just, it's been bad enough. 
it's been bad enough. Nate, would you not agree that over the last couple of weeks that, you know, we're, yeah. we're, sitting, we're sitting here now as fans of the Columbus Blue Jackets, going into the season excited for all the young talent, Adam Fantilli, we'll get into that, but embarrassed. It's been bad, dude. Like, I, I'm just – I think everybody in the organization is just ready to move on with this. Um, you know, and, and as fans, you know, we're we're certainly hoping that this is going to galvanize this team, that moving forward, you know, they're going to – you know, that they're going to become stronger, more tight-knit by this. Hopefully their leaders and Pascal Vincent can really get these young guys to, you know, say, hey, you know, we understand, you know, it's, it's got to be the team right now. We got to come together as a group right here. Like, let's let's bond over this. Let's come together and let's try to have a good season. And if you're the front office, you better just, you know, you've said your apologies. If you're Yarmo, you went in, you'd said an apology to the team, whatever that sounded like, not sure. But you got to just stay away at this point. Let this team play this season and you better hope to God that they play well. Yeah, for the sake of your future, you do. For the sake of your future. Let's uh, let's have that lead in, shall we? We're going to start off, we're going to do the Metropolitan Division tonight. We're going to start from the bottom to the top, and we're going to start off with the team that finished dead last last year. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, we're going to go uh, bottom to top, like we said. They finished eighth last season in the Metropolitan Division, uh, 59 points. Good enough for 31st out of 32 teams in the league, but only good enough for the third overall pick. Um, they added that number with that number three pick, Adam Fantilli. Big shout out to Pat Verbeek. They also added the controversial Ivan Provorov, Damon Severson. They got Alexander Texier back. He was on loan in France for a year. And they also signed Dmitry Bornikov. They Voronkov. 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 Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, Dmitry Voronkov. And, and honestly, let's talk about this real quick. Hold on. We got to go. Hold on. Let me do some directions for the whole thing. They lost Gavin Bayreuther, thank God. Michael Hutchinson, I would say thank God, but his only job was to tank and he didn't do it, so he can get fucked. And then Brad Larson uh, is no longer the head coach. So um, a lot more additions and subtractions and a lot of help on the blue line. So exactly what the Blue Jackets needed going into 2023-2024. And can we talk about how much the Ivan Provorov signing has been overshadowed by the Mike Babcock situation? Like, not to re not to re-reference, but they like there were a lot of Blue Jackets fans that were not happy about that signing. Um, for those that don't know, Columbus is a very LGBTQ-friendly city. Um, in fact, the Stonewall Movement founded here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, but, however, that is a very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for Polarizing. here, guys? Contentious. Yes. yes, thank you. To both of those, uh, honestly, perfectly described that signing, and then Mike Babcock got signed, and so it was like, okay, well, let's forget about him. And <laughs> yeah, I'm really all, I, and honestly, I think guy, it's huh? it's it's one of the best signings. It's one of the best signings that we made. Like, I love this deal. I loved this deal for us. Yeah, they, that they needed. Go ahead, Phil. So they, I was just gonna say they needed a lot of help on the blue line. Yeah, they absolutely did. And when this trade went down, my one caveat was like, they got to get another guy who's a competent D partner to play with him, who can kind of cover up for him when he pinches for offense and who can break the puck out and provide support. 
and they went out and did just that with the sign and trade for Damon Severson. Right there, you have locked up your second pair. You have completely overhauled your top four to now look like an NHL group when you pair that with Rinsky coming back off injury. And you now have all kinds of options for what you can do with those three guys and moving pieces around them as you have your prospects grow. And I'm just... And David Year and David Yerchek's going to be playing this year. Yep. Yeah, that's one of those prospects that I'm really excited to see. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just... It's looking so much better from a personnel standpoint and from just a leadership, organizational do your own job in your own end standpoint, because you don't have Brad Larson there being the fucking ringleader of the five-star circus of whose fucking man is in front of the net with nobody on him anymore. Like mm-hmm. you have someone who Mike Babcock, if he gave this franchise one thing, I really, really just hope he gave Pascal Vincent a rock solid defensive structure to teach to these guys. And if not, Vincent, I'm sure, is more than capable of instilling his own. It's just, like, anything is better than Brad Larson when it comes to the defensive zone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bill, you got anything to add in on here? Terrible power play over the last couple of years. And, you know... Wouldn't mind seeing some improvement there. The power play is going to be a big, a big, you know, focal point. They're always pretty good on the kill. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Their kill is always league average at worst. But they are have been terrible on the power play for a long time. Ever since Panarin left, basically. It, um, ever since Panarin know. got here, even. Like, even when they well, had that, that elite group of top six, the power play was not good. And you know who was in charge of that power play that entire time? Fucking Brad, Brad, Brad Larson. Larson. That's why I'm so excited about Pascal Vincent. He is a very forward thinker in the offensive zone and on special teams. And he has brought a lot of like the European kind of way of thinking to the power play where you're running a lot of stuff from below the goal line instead of just sending the puck up top to Wierenski and letting him play catch with somebody on a point until one of them rips a shot into somebody's shin pads. He's got a lot of movement down below the goal line, players shifting around uh, down towards the bottom of the dots. And it, it really is a much more creative system than we've seen here since Tortorella brought over the one three one back in like 2015, 2016, something like that. It's, yep. yeah, it's really, really going to be a big upgrade in my opinion. I, I hope I'm right. I might be wrong based on how this team has let us down a lot in the past, but we'll see. No, that's fair. Um, let's do X factors real quick. And then, you know, predictions. Uh, I'll start off with the X factor for this one. Uh, I'm going to take Adam Fantilli. I know it's kind of a cop out. There's a lot of guys we can pick. I'm taking Fantilli only because, He's coming in right now with the expectations of the last guy as a freshman to score that many points when the Hobie Baker was Jack Eichel. In Jack Eichel's rookie year, he tore it up in Buffalo. So he's going to come in with a little bit of expectation. That's what the you know the national media is going to put on on Fantilli coming into the year. Um, obviously had a hat trick in his first or second um, you know prospects game, and I, I think the expectations are through the roof. They're going to put him on a line with Line and Gaudreau. He's going to have all the chance to succeed right off the bat. I sure hope they do. Yeah, that's my, at least my opinion. I don't think they'll put Ken Johnson or Boone Jenner there. I think they'll just put Fantilli right in. I think Boone Jenner starts off there, but Fantilli ends up there by the end of the season. Fantilli should just be there from day one to let him learn, in my opinion. Um, And then after X-Factor, give your prediction. I have the Blue Jackets finishing sixth. They'll be interesting all year, but they'll just miss out on playoffs because they're not quite there. I, I hope I'm wrong. 
But the Atlantic, you know, the Metro is obviously very strong and the Atlantic's just getting stronger too. Not a lot of room there. And I think they're about a year away from really competing for one of those spots. That's fair. Uh, what about you, Nate? What do you think? Um, you know, I'm going to go with Mr. Ham and Cheese, Johnny Gaudreau. Um, you know, last year was year one with the team. So, you know, you're not going to mesh right away. There's some little bumps that first year. Obviously, now, you know, you've got a new coach in there. You, uh, well, a, a second new coach in there. But you've had a year to mesh with a lot of the core guy, the core nucleus of this team. So now it's year two. And, you know, how are your steps forward? You know, how, you know, how much have you gelled with these guys? What's your, what's your chemistry like with, with a Patrick Line, with a Boone Jenner, with a Zach Wierenski, a, a Provorov, you know, these in, or, you know, even a Provorov, a new guy, um, you know, what's your chemistry looking like with them? Um, and also I'm going to throw in a little Y factor here of Patrick Line, uh, um, you know, past couple years, you know, last year it was a Injury plagued for him, same a little bit the year before. But, you know, I think this guy's, we've had a lot of high expectations for him. You know, we've always been told he's a 40, you know, or, you know, he could, he could be a 40, 40 goal scorer. I think he's had 20 a couple years. You know, I'd love to see him get over a 30. Prediction, I'm going to put him, I'm going to put him at fifth in the league. Um, I'm going to say they, they just barely miss out on a wild card spot. Um, I think they make some strides, but again, they're just not quite there. They miss out. Hope I'm wrong, but I'd love to see them sneak in at a wild card. Yeah. Um, I like that pick also because Johnny Gaudreau is now going to have more center options than he's ever had in Columbus. Last year was Boone Jenner or bust. Now you've got Texier coming back. You've got Kent Johnson in year two. They might try him out in the middle. Uh, fuck, Pascal Vincent played line A at center for two games last season. Who knows what can happen? And then obviously Fantilli. Um, that can really help a wing produce. My guy as an X-Factor is named after the second beer that I'm cracking open tonight. Elvis Merzlikens, Brewdog Elvis Juice, new goaltending coach. We've seen flashes of brilliance from this guy. Last couple seasons have been a huge struggle. You've got a new coach now. you got a new goalie coach. You've got a competent NHL defense in front of you, hopefully. And if they get solid goaltending from him, I think that's going to be a game changer for this team. It's We saw how good they were after Dubois and everybody left, uh, even then, with Elvis playing off his ass. And we could see how they could be now with like a solid team in front of him. So I'm going to have them finishing fifth as well, Nate. I personally think two teams from the Metro could get in because I don't think the Atlantic is that deep behind Toronto, Florida, and, you know, et cetera. We'll get into that tomorrow or next time we record. But, yeah, that's uh, that's where I have them finishing, and that's my X factor. Awesome. Well, let's hop down to the team that finished seventh last season, the Philadelphia Flyers, 75 points, seventh in the Metro, 26th overall in the National Hockey League. They added Mark Stahl, Victor Met. Is it Met or Metty? Mete. Mete. Ryan Poling, Garnet Hathaway, Sean Walker, and Cal Peterson. They lost Tony D'Angelo, the big one, Kevin Hayes, the other big one, Ivan Provorov, a decent sized one, and Brendan Lemieux, and then Justin Braun. Uh, this is a team that is entirely rebuilding. Um, you know, uh, 
they ended up getting the Russian uh, in the draft with eighth overall, kind of fell to him a little bit. But, you know, th- this team is years away from competing. John Tortorella has to be, you know, just sitting there like, yeah, I know what my job is. Develop, develop, develop. Um, we're probably all going to have them finishing eighth. So maybe the X Factor talk is a little more fun for this pick. Um, Aaron, give your X Factor and then your final, because I think we all have this one pretty much about the same. Oh, yeah. So X Factor, Cal Peterson. What a steal for them to get to eat some salary in the Ivan Provorov deal. He's going to be their Michael Hutchinson. Just fucking Swiss cheese it up, baby. It, have torts, have the team playing hard and playing good and then just allow all the shitty goals so they still lose and you get a good draft pick. The Danny Breer tank is on. Yeah. Yes, it is. Nate, do you have any, uh, do you have an X Factor from Philadelphia or is it just, you know, tank? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's tank, you know, maybe, maybe you want to see a guy like, like an Owen, like an Owen Tippett take a step this year. Um, you know, he had a, he had a really nice season last year, 24 years old. Um, so maybe would be nice to see him take a step. That's about it. That's all I got. Like, yeah, yeah, just lose baby lose. I took Morgan Frost, 24 year old centerman had 46 points last year. You know, one of the few promising younger guys uh, for the Flyers. But, yeah, I mean, we all have him finishing in eighth. They're, you know. Yeah. That Frost one is, is a good eighth. one. Frost is a good one. He's looking to take a step. The last thing I'll hey, did say we on have, the Flyers. Did we, have, did we have Mark Stahl on their additions? Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Rugged defender. That's a John Tortorella guy. The last thing I'll say yeah. on the Flyers. Phil, I, I missed this earlier. You mentioned John Tortorella and Mike Babcock in the same sentence. And I am not going to let that slide, bro. No, it was not. No, it was not comparing them as people. I said the hire was the same thought. Old boy maybe, club. Maybe. I, dude, I just can't. Like, no, John Tortorella will tell you where you stand. Mike Babcock is a manipulative abuser. Like, I, I didn't compare them personally. I compared them in what the organization was thinking in the signing. Okay. I did not compare them personally at all. Okay. No. Damn, Aaron got Aaron got triggered real fast, dude. Yeah, you sorry. Be careful. I, I thought about that we had some connection issues, and then it just came back to me when he came up as a coach on this one. No, 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 no. I said the signing was similar. The Blue Jackets went for an old school guy that had pedigree in the league and had won a cup. That's what I was referring to. Not their coaching yeah. style. Not the personalities at all. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll get those are those are yeah. comparisons there. That yeah, that's that, that's all I was. Yeah, they both probably hate Kent Johnson's goal, but they would go about handling Kent Johnson very differently. So um, let's hop down to the team that finished sixth last year, the Washington Capitals, 80 points, sixth in the Metro, 24th in the National Hockey League. They added Joel Edmondson, Max Pacioretty, Matt Irwin, and Spencer Carberry. They coach Connor Brown. What? Spencer Carberry, new head coach. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then they lost Connor Brown, Connor Sherry, Craig Smith, and obviously their former coach, Peter Laviolette. Um, Washington's an interesting one. And, Nate, we'll go to you first. You know, X-Factor, season outlook, all of that. I have my thoughts that I've been working on for for Washington because they're such an interesting one because they did just lock up Tom Wilson long term. But, you know, Nate, where do you see the Capitals finishing this year? 
the Capitals, here's my thing. The Capitals are an old team that's not getting younger. They're they're only uh, like you've re-signed Tom Wilson. Okay, you've locked this dude up till he's 37. Congratulations. Like you, great. Max Pacioretty over 30. Ovi nearing 40. Um John Carlson definitely over 30. Like he's, he's got been, a lot. Been, Carlson's been there since 0910. Joel Ex- Edmondson, Ed- new guy, 30 years old. Yeah. Exactly. Like a lot of lot of age. I mean, this is an older team. So yeah, they're gonna start, you know, they're gonna play good games. They're gonna win the gritty games, but the high flying games, the games late in the season, yeah, I think I, I see a lot of trouble for them. Um, if you want to give me an X factor this year, uh, I'm gonna go with Rasmus Sandin. Um how are you gonna how are you gonna mesh into this new team now? This is a team that, you know, I, I think they have a lot of expectations for Rasmus Sandin. I think they could they view him as a really key cog in what could be this franchise's future. Um, you know, they, they've got to be thinking about that. So I think they'd like to see Rasmus Sandin make a step. And prediction-wise, boy, yeah, I don't have him finishing that high. I, I've got him probably around, like, sixth. Sixth, I think I've got him. Yeah, that's where I have them too. Um, they could surprise me though, and here's the reason. Your X-Factor, Nate, Rasmus Sandin, they're looking at him to be the leader of that defense. That is not an old guy. Very against the grain of the theme of this team. 23 yeah. years old. They trade a first-round pick for him. They they are looking to kind of rebuild on the fly, and it's, it's very difficult to shoot that gap. Usually teams just kind of hang around the middle of the pack for a while and then end up tanking and rebuilding anyway. But another young guy they brought in, that new coach, Spencer Carberry, rookie head coach. And he was with the organization for a while, went up to Toronto to run the power play. Offensive, offensive guy. He's going to play to this team's strengths, I think. I mean, they already have the big, bulky grit. He's going to try and open up the offense beyond Ovechkin's one-timer. And I I think they're going to be fun to watch. I don't know that they're going to be great in terms of like wins and losses but they could surprise us and my x factor is gonna be match patch how healthy is he tore the achilles last year came back played a couple games looked insane scored a shitload of goals in what like three games or something like that but yeah. then tore it again so how strong is that achilles is he back to 100 percent? i'd have to think he's gonna have a little bit of an adjustment period getting back up to nhl speed after missing almost an entire season and going through two rough surgeries but he his ankles aren't the things that make him his money it's his shot so if he can come in and mesh there i i have a lot of expectations for this team where do you have him finishing i have him at sixth i i just okay. don't have enough confidence that it's going to work out i everything has to go right i actually have them finishing seventh i have them finishing only above philadelphia and the reason I'm saying this is, in the draft, they went out and got Ryan Leonard. I like that because he's, you know, he gets a lot of comps to Tom Wilson and he gets to learn from Tom Wilson. So I think that will benefit them in the future. I loved Nate's X Factor there as well, Sundin and Aaron. Shout out to the Pacioretty. Living down here with, with Canes fans last year, just, you know, watching Sebastian Ajo drag that team kicking and screaming through playoffs when they were, you know, out so many elite goal scorers. 
you know, just painful to watch at times. But uh, my X Factor is John Carlson, and I kind of took it tongue-in-cheek because he's going to be teeing up Ovi on those one-timers as he chases Gretzky's goal total, which I think is really all this team has going for it, in my opinion, is Ovi, the Ovi goal chase. It's kind of like when Barry Bonds broke the home run record. You know, those Giants teams were okay, but they lost the 0-2 World Series to the Angels, and that was Bonds' one big chance to win a World Series. After that, it, it got tough, and that's kind of where I view the Caps now. Ovi got his cup. You know, he's going to go down as probably the greatest goal scorer of all time, barring injuries. I hope that doesn't happen, obviously. We, you know, we like to see the chase as, as fans of the game. But I think John Carlson is because he's going to get, you know, 40 assists on the power play if Ovi does his thing. So that was my kind of tongue-in-cheek is this team, besides the guys we talked about, not a lot of sex appeal uh, with the Washington Capitals. So let's hop down to the team that finished fifth last year, missed the playoffs for the first time since I believe Crosby's first year, the Pittsburgh Penguins, 91 points, fifth in the Metro, 20th in the NHL. They brought in, uh, well, we'll get to the big one last. And honestly, the subtractions are just about as big as the additions. Uh, They brought in Rem Pitlick, Ryan Graves, Alex. Oh, that's a fun one. Nadelkovich. Nadelkovich. I can't say his name. Riley Smith is a sneaky good one from Vegas that I really like. But obviously the big addition is Eric Carlson, and we'll get there in a minute. But the subtractions. Michael Grandlin, good for them for getting him off the Mikhail. bus. Mikhail. I am all over the place tonight. Jan Ruda, Jeff Petrie, Casey DeSmith, who also just got dealt today. Brian Dumoulin, he's in Seattle. That's a lot of money off the books. Danton Heinen, Ryan Poling, Josh Archibald, and Jason Zucker. So – they brought in arguably the best player that, you know, got moved in the offseason, arguably an Eric Carlson, 100 points, Norris Trophy winner last year out in San Jose. Um, and, you know, good for Eric Carlson. He gets off the team that has the worst odds to win the Stanley Cup this year and goes and joins a team that is aging. But as we all know, that Pittsburgh team's going to play pissed the fuck off all year, you know, for having just missed out on playoffs last year with the hyper-competitive Sidney Crosby right at the end of his time with, with Evgeny Malkin. So, um, Aaron, thoughts on the Eric Carlson trade being brought in, and how do you think that affects this team? Well, I've got to say, Kyle Dubas did a work of art here, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, to get San Jose to retain salary and take dog shit salary off your books, cleaning up from the guy who you took over for, uh, after Hextall traded for Mikhail Granlin, anchored them to a dog shit contract for a player who's way past his prime, got him off the books, bring in Carlson. Carlson has salary retained. You also get Jeff Petrie out in that deal. And it's, I mean, they totally, totally changed the face of this team from a cap perspective right there. Like your cap money is actually going to production instead of people that are weighing you down. Next thing. I'm noticing here, Ryan Graves. I love this signing because Eric Carlson, as electric as he is offensively, he can't defend to save his life. He trips over his own feet at the blue line, and Ryan Graves is the perfect fucking rugged stay-at-home partner for him. I mean, back when the Sharks, the one really, really good season they had with Carlson, he was playing with uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, who was covering his ass for all kinds of 
upset mm-hmm. mistakes coming through the neutral zone, and Ryan Graves is going to do that same thing, and that's going to allow Carlson to run and gun and light up the scoreboard with the elite talent that Pittsburgh has in their top six. Next but, thing, but here, go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. Okay. No, go ahead. No, go, go. Okay. Buddy, last go. thing I'm going to say here: all these subtractions beyond that, you've got Alex Nedeljkovic, who's going to provide you a little bit more reliable guy as a backup, who is not going to be injured quite as much as the Smith, because you know you're going to need him because Tristan Jari's always fucking injured, and you overhauled your bottom six. The bottom six was the Achilles heel of this team last year. Uh, you clear out Heinen, Paling, Archibald. Zucker, he was kind of a tweener, but then you bring in Riley Smith, great support scoring, Rim Pitlick, reliable guy, and you've got some young kids coming up too. So I think he's done a masterful job reshaping this roster. You know, and there were there were some additions too that I, I think I, I you know that weren't uh, that I, I don't think we mentioned that I think are going to be really key for these guys. Um, I'm looking right now centers they added, and this guy's going to be my X factor for this team this year. Vinny Henestrosa coming over from Buffalo. This guy oh, was a machine I in Buffalo. Yeah, Vinny Henestrosa coming over from Buffalo is a major addition. That's my <laughs> X factor right there. 29 years old. This guy was like a third, I think a second, third line center there in Buffalo. But he could be, I, I think he. I think he's going to be a second line center up there in Pittsburgh. Oh, he's I not really supplanting think he's, Malkin. Okay, maybe not a second line. Maybe, I, I think he's but, a perfect who kn- third or fourth line center for him. Like, I don't, if he's but, playing but fourth see, here's line the thing, center, but here's the thing. four good centers. Uh, yeah, again, and they also added Lars Eller as well. Yeah, that's a good L- guy to Lars kind of Eller's plug and play fourth line center. Yeah. Lars yeah. Eller's your fourth line center. Uh, look, when they were winning their cups, their third line was insane. Yeah. The HBK line was insane. So, And then, you know, another name. Another Nino Kessel, Christ. Another name, another name that I think is going to be, you know, he's not, I don't think he's a big name, but I think he could be key for them is Will Butcher coming over on the defense. I think that's going to be a big, I think that's going to be a big addition for them coming over from Dallas. Um, yeah. I like that addition as well. Maybe, you know, definitely like a, a third pair guy, but, you know, a solid third pairing guy. Yeah. We saw the so, impact Nico Mikola made on the Rangers. I mean, those rugged third pair guys can really. They can change the look of your team. Yeah, and and I and honestly, I've liked Djokovic since I saw since I first saw the guy up in Detroit. I think he's a solid defender or a solid tender. I don't think he, you know, I don't. I think Detroit wanted to keep him. I don't think they had a chance to. And then I can't remember where he was last year. Um, Detroit was last maybe, year. It was Carolina the year before. Was it the year? Yeah, he was, I, he was really good in Carolina, went to Detroit. He might have been in Detroit for two years. I can't remember now. But. I don't think – but I thought he was somewhere else last year. And then uh, – because I remember him being in Detroit. That's where I first remembered seeing him. And Because I don't remember him in Carolina either. But I remembered him in Detroit, and I like, and I was like, damn, I saw this guy play. I was like, damn, this guy's good. Um, also, shout out because he's from Ohio as well. Um, yeah, Miami of Ohio kid. But, um, yeah, I think that's going to be a great addition for them. Carolina for Where four years, it? Detroit for two years, up until this Okay. Week. Okay, so maybe, so I've been off. Anyway, uh, where do I have this Pittsburgh Penguins team finishing? Boy, you know that I'm a notorious Pittsburgh Penguin hater. I shit on these guys every opportunity I can. I can't do it right now. 
I think this team's going to be finishing third in the Metro this year. A guaranteed oh. playoff spot. Okay. A guaranteed play. A guaranteed playoff spot. All right. I can't put them over top of the big three, but I've got them at fourth. I've got them in that first wild card spot only because the three teams I had ahead of them are so damn good. And Ryan yeah. Graves, if you hadn't caught it already, is going to be my X factor. Yeah. No, I have them finishing fourth too, Aaron. I'm with you there. Uh, I do think they get a wild card spot. Uh, I hate to say it. I think playoff hockey is better when they're in there. Truthfully, I think it's more fun when the best players in the league are in playoffs. Like last year, what Florida did was incredible, but nobody cares about them. If they didn't have Magic and Chuck, nobody would give a shit. Alexander Barkov, bro. That guy is no, a but Alexander Barkov, Barkov doesn't drive ratings, though. Kachuk drives ratings. I'm talking about people giving a fuck. If Kachuk wasn't there, nobody would give a shit about them. And that's my honest opinion. Sorry, Panthers fans. Come at me. You know, come at it. Come at me on Twitter at PostgredPhil. Follow us at Beerly Hockey, by the way. Go check us out on Instagram at Beerly Sports. We've got our beautiful store in there. If you think I hate Kachuk or I hate the Panthers too much, that's fine. I don't hate Matthew Kachuk. He keeps them relevant. I got to say, a guy dude, like so – you know how they say if you win the most underrated player contest every year, then that means you're actually properly rated? That's Alexander Barkov. Everyone's like, you got to fucking watch this guy. He's so underrated. People know that guy, man. He is a no, driver. He's, phenom- he's phenomenal, but he doesn't drive. I don't know. He doesn't drive so. it for me. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. It, he cannot drive it for you. I'm just saying, I think on a grand scale, more people would be interested in him than you'd think. That's probably he's, fair. But... He's Bergeron. He's the next Bergeron now. Like, Bergeron's out of the league. He's the guy we're watching to win the Selkie every year. Yeah, I mean, that's that's also fair. Um, I, I do think this Pittsburgh team adding Eric Carlson, I mean, they missed out on playoffs last year by a handful of points. He kind of makes up those points right there. Or he gives um, them away with bad defensive breakdowns. That's why you need Ryan Graves. Exactly. So, I, I think they've made all the right moves. I think they'll get one of those wild card spots. Um, I have, yeah, Pittsburgh finishing fourth. Anything's possible as long as you get in. Florida just proved that, you know, it's been proven time and time again in this league, but, you know, Florida proving that you get in, anything can happen, so. Well, obviously what I'm, well, obviously with my placing of them, I'm saying one of the big three is coming down off its mountain this year. Who's it going to be? Some foreshadowing. (laughs) Stay tuned, folks. Let's go to the uh, and well, but before we but before we get into it, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Barely Hockey. I, I just did that. I don't care. I'm gonna say it again. While Beerly you guys Hockey. are at it, <laughs> hey everybody, follow us at Barely Hockey on Twitter and Instagram, and check out our great store. Five star rating, please and thank you. Um, now do it. Yep. Let's go to the team that finished fourth, the New York Islanders. They snuck in last year, knocked out in the first round by the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, they really didn't waste of a, a space. This team is hot garbage. They, uh, they signed a lot of. I mean, we've made fun of them plenty. They signed a lot of guys to long-term deals. They added Carson Kuhlman and uh, didn't really lose much. So Zach Parise uh, might not be coming back. We don't know yet. Lou's doing his fucking smoke screen. Is he signed? Is he not signed? Let's find out. Kind of bullshit. So maybe he's gone. Maybe not. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're old. The new. Yeah, the the New York Islanders don't really drive it for any of us, to be honest. Uh, sorry, Islanders fans. Um, I mean, we can hop into it. You know, they made playoffs last year. They got knocked out. 
there are guys on this team I like. I like Anders Lee. I, I mean, I like watching Barzal, and I think Bo Horvat is an absolute stud. But the rest of their team, man, I mean, guys like Pierre Engvall, eh. You don't watch the Islanders because you think they're fun. You'll watch them if you want to watch great goaltending. Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cal Clutterbuck. I thought, yeah, Josh Bailey's gone now. Thousand games for him. So Pierre Engvall is one guy I do get a little bit of entertainment out of. He's fast, he's gigantic, and he doesn't seem to ever be able to finish. So it's like you get a little excited, and then you're like, oh, he might score on this breakaway. Nope, never mind. Sorry, bud. But he's okay in his own zone, just like the rest of this team. He's like one of the few players. Him, Barzal, Horvat, uh, they've got – oh, I'm drawing a blank. they they got a couple solid young defensemen, but – Everybody else, man, they have locked up their entire team until 2087. Lule Morello went out and said, you know what? A wild card spot and a first round bow out based on our, like, writing our goaltending to barely make the playoffs is good enough for me. Let's just re-sign everybody and not add anyone else. It's, this team is going against everything the high-flying modern-day NHL is. Uh, like honestly, dude, I feel bad for guy for a guy like Matt Barzal who doesn't mesh with this team and where it's going whatsoever. Like he's the one cog of like the modern day NHL on a prehistoric NHL team. Yeah, hundred percent. I could and not they signed Horvat to a long deal. Like I don't know. I can't believe Bo Horvat agreed to it. Not yet. <laughs> well, he just they, must. He must have wanted out that bad. He. He was so Security. pissed off at Vancouver for not paying him what he's worth. And I think he probably had to hammer it out with Lou. But, like, he's – I think he kind of got the idea that, like, hey, I am getting to that age where people may not want to sign me for this term of this dollar value. I better take it. And he probably did see, like, you know, I'm going to play with Barzal. This team always makes the playoffs and kind of finds their way through. It kind of sold himself on it. But – I, what do you get eight? What do you get eight years? Yeah, eight by eight point something, I believe. So I mean, he's locked up till he's thirty six, man. Yeah, but like, he's gonna be uh, to get locked up for eight million until you're thirty six. When you have a career high shooting percentage year, you're doing pretty good in the money department. You're you're honestly taking a discount there. If oh, you're, I don't think so, dude. Not based. So he had one career year here with an inflated shooting percentage and all the other GMs were afraid to sign him for big money for term because they thought the age curve was going to get to him. That's like, that's why Vancouver wouldn't resign him, even though he was their captain and really good. So the fact that he got that money in New York and the Islanders and made the Eastern conference final a couple years in a row, it's like, you know, I, they, they might not be fun to play with, but like they can win somehow and they're going to pay me what I, like the max value I can get at this age. I I think he did well financially and I think it's it, he's going to age with this team. They're going to be all going to the retirement home at the same time getting just shit pumped by the fucking Jack Hughes of the world. Dude, on it, oh, yeah, man. and speak but you know, speaking of, you know, you say they're going to win some games, yeah, but you know, this year I don't see them winning that many oh, games because my my prediction I've got him. I've got him seventh. I do too. 
I I'm not saying I think they're gonna win games now. I'm saying when he got traded, oh I know, signed yeah, contract, they had a track record of success the two previous years before they missed the playoffs. I haven't yeah. I haven't fathomed my X factor is Bo Horvat because I think that offense. Everybody can kind of zone in on Barzal if they want to, and then Horvath will be like you know, the supplemental you know option for them. But yeah, I mean, I, I saw Sorokin was listed as an X factor. This team's just so boring that the X factors are honestly are one of their three players. Honestly, I, I'm not even like I, I'm not even gonna pick an X factor because you two pick the only two X factors that there are on this team: Bo Horvat and Ilya Sorokin. Yeah, I mean, you can take Barzal, and then there we got all three. Great. Yeah, I talked about him. So hoopty fucking do. Yeah, let's 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 move on. This These team guys, goes I'm, as far I'm, as Sorokin takes him. Let's be honest. Two guys can't yeah. score enough goals to make up for the fact that nobody else is. If Sorokin yeah, gets I, a shutout or a one goal game every night, that's the only way they're making a playoff. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. Let's hop down to the team that finished third last year. A wild 107 points, third in the Metro, ninth in the league. Wild first round exit against the Devils, blew a three games to two lead. Um, the New York Rangers, they added Eric Gustafson. Blake two games Wheeler. to nothing lead, wasn't it? It was two nothing and then three two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, you know, they got Blake Wheeler, who may be the deal of the century, um, depending on how he meshes there. We'll talk about it. They got Nick Benino, man's won everywhere he's been. Jonathan Quick, another guy that's won everywhere he's been. Connor Mackey, Riley Nash, who just refuses to retire. Good for him. And Tyler Pitlick. They, now, their loss is crazy. Vladimir Tarasenko, Nico Mikola, Patrick Kane, and Yaroslav Halak. So they did lose some huge names, but they also added some great players. I think we can all agree this race and is also, fucking good. Also, let's say adios to uh, Gerard Gallant yeah. and hello, Peter Laviolette. Yeah, we didn't yeah. mention the coaches here either. Yeah, that's uh, Peter Laviolette's a guy who gets teams to the cup final early in his tenure. Carolina won the cup, Philadelphia cup final, and then you have Nashville cup final. All early in his tenure. Short shelf life of a coach, but he can get these guys fucking rocking and rolling early. Yeah, th- this Rangers team is loaded. Blake Wheeler's there for less than a million bucks. You know, they brought in a bunch of veteran leadership, which is huge because, Aaron, as we'll get into your X Factor, their kid line has not developed the way that they would have hoped. I mean, Heedle's been the best one out of the three of them, and he's the, you know, not the top two draft pick. I mean, Lafreniere was the number one overall pick. He has not played up to that standard um, by any stretch. So, Aaron, we can lead that into your X Factor right there. Yeah, and I think this is... There's been some rumblings that Gerard Gallant just wasn't given this guy the opportunities. And immediately... So he came into a tough situation, too, out of his draft year. He's always been a left wing his entire life. He comes into a team that has Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider ahead of him in the lineup. I mean, it, you're not going to come in as a 19-year-old and fucking supplant one of those guys. So you get buried in the lineup. You get put with the guy who gets drafted the next year, Capacaco, number two overall, and mm-hmm. Filipino. And you form some good chemistry with him. You know, if you guys, if they were drafted lower, you'd be happy with their production. But based on the way they looked before they were drafted to the NHL, you really expect a lot more. So 
Peter Laviolette comes in, talks to uh, Lexi Lafreniere. He's switching over to right wing. They're going to put him on the opposite side of the ice, get him up into that top six, get him into some of those higher scoring chance situations. And I'm really excited to see what this kid can do this year. I think this is a make-or-break year for him. He just signed a new contract. It's way less than you would expect for a first overall pick out of his entry mm-hmm. level. And he's going to have a fire lit under his ass right away. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I'm very excited to see how he progresses as the year goes along. Nate, how are you feeling? Who's your X Factor? Boys, you know, you guys took some good ones. You got, I, I, you know, I see who you guys have for your X Factors. I mean, it's interesting. There's one guy that I feel... It, He's always been a name that's been around. He he had a good season last year for New York in his first year there. I'd like to see if he can keep that momentum going. And that's one Vinny Trocheck. Okay. I think that's a like that's a it. very yeah. it's a very under undermined piece in this, you know, in this star-studded lineup. That's a name that kind of gets buried a lot. Vinny Trocheck, I'd love to see this guy, you know, last year what did I see? Last year he was at 22, 25 goals last year. Um, yeah, 22. Hell, why not Why not try to get close to 30? Why not throw a few more apples in there as well? He had 42. See a 30, 50 point line, 80 points from Vinny Trocek? That'd be a hell of a year from a guy that's like stuffed down on your third, like on your second, third line. Yeah, he. It, if you get him between two high-skilled wingers, which I think they're going to now, you get Lafreniere move over to the right side. You can sandwich him between Panarin and Lafreniere. And he is the dog of that line, dude. He fucking just goes into the boards, digs pucks out, battles in front of the net. He is the guy willing to go to the dirty areas and get those goals. If he can add just a little bit of finesse and kind of play off those skill guys, I really could see a big season coming for him. Especially since you got more focus on the third line now with Blake Wheeler coming in. So you're not mm-hmm. going to get quite as much of a defensive pressure on the matchup because teams are going to be stretched a little thin with your depth. It's it's insane too. They got Kreider and Zuccarello as well. Like yeah, no, it's not Zuccarello. Zabanajad. Zuccarello. Sorry, I meant, yeah, I meant Zabanajad. I I told I've been I've been fucking up names on that. I apologize. No worries, dude. I, hey, I said uh, when I was on SodaPod on Sunday, I said Columbus had Kirill Kaprizov instead of Marchenko. So we we all fuck up. <laughs> It, it happens, especially, you know, it, it's our preseason, too. We're getting into form. Um, my X-Factor is Keandre Miller. Phenomenal bridge deal for Keandre Miller. You know, he had the spitting incident last year. I want to see him, but, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, they came out and, and talked about that. You know, was it intentional? Was it not? You know, we can debate all we want. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm looking forward to seeing him mature as a player. Um, they have Adam Fox on the blue line, obviously, who is an Oris Trophy winner. I'm looking for Keandre Miller to take that step up, you know, be the second guy in the power play, rack up those points as well. Um, and then we haven't even talked about the goaltending. I mean, Shesterkin, Jesus Christ, top three in the league. If not, you know, after Vazzy's year last year, might be the number one going into the year. That could be a fun, fun debate. I think Vazzy's earned the right to keep number one for at least one more year. Um, but, you know, they have a top, top 10 in the league. This team is a fucking wagon. They're built to win. I have them finishing second in the Metro. The only reason I don't have them winning it is because the New York media and the New York pressure is a lot. 
every game means more when you play against the New York Rangers. And I think there are other teams in their division that might, you know, might have a little less pressure, might be able to play a little more loose and, you know, have that track record behind them. Hint, hint. So I'm taking the rags to go second. And I think everybody can kind of see what's forming in my world here in the first round matchup. But I have the rags finishing second. Aaron, where do you have them? Dude, I have them first. I think it's a disservice to Keandre Miller to even bring up that quote unquote spitting incident. Like, no, I'm just saying that that's, that's like the last thing. That shit is the last thing no, on anybody's is, mind, bro. Like, he's a an awesome young player. No, he, I'm not. I'm not trying to disparage him at all. I'm saying that's like for for some people, that's like their last memory of last year. How? How they? Because that was team... that was not at the end of the season. He was he was insane after that. They they looked really good at the beginning of that Devils series. He, there's so much shit that happened since the the suspension. Like he, that is well, that is it, not what defines. As an overall Miller. team, everybody's thinking about the fact they went out and brought in Patrick Kane and shit the bed. So yeah, like that exactly. Like there's so much other shit going on around here. that that shit's ancient history. I gave him my X factor because I'm looking for him to be a Norris contender. Oh yeah, dude, I agree. He's he's one of the best two way defensemen in the game, and he's super fucking young. Yeah, I love Keandre Miller. Me absolutely. too. Me too. Okay, at mm-hmm. least we can we can agree Agreed. on that. Agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nate, where do you have uh, where do you have the rags finishing, big guy? Guys, I've got the rags fourth. And you oh. want to know? Whoa. I've got the rags fourth, and you want to know why? Why we got a little bit? We got a little bit of Washington Capitals syndrome going on a little bit here with this roster. There's a little age going on here. They do have some youth. I'm not taking away. I'm not saying they're as old as the Capitals are, but you look at some of the core nucleus guys of this team. You've got Chris Kreider, who's 32. Artemi Panarin's 31. Uh, Miko Zibanejad is 30. Vinny Trocek is 30. Um, there's a lot of guys that are getting into their 30s now. I'm not, they're in their early 30s, so we've seen a lot of guys that play well still then. But I'm just saying. And, and then a new coach coming in and a Peter Laviolette, he does traditionally take teams to the playoffs in his first year as head coach. I was just looking at that. And Nashville, Philly, and in Washington – made first round appearances. He'll make an appearance. They'll make the playoffs as a wild card. But I've got him fourth. I Peter Lavi, that's why I have him first. I think this guy comes in and just reinvigorates him. And I I am putting a lot at stake on their young guys to step up, take big steps, and take some of the load off that older core you mentioned. That's a fair that's a fair concern to bring up, Nate. I'm not I'm not gonna disparage that, but I think Getting a coach in here that's not quite the loosey-goosey players Coach Gallant was and is, like, a little bit more demanding, a little bit more... They've had two not-demanding coaches consecutively. You got David Quinn, you got Gerard Gallant, and this guy's going to come in and light a fire under this team and have them play up to their potential. Because when we see them at their best, they dummy good teams. But they're just so inconsistent these past few years. It, I think he's going to have them burning on all cylinders. Hey, if your predictions are right, the Rangers fans will love you, and they can just chirp at me. But yeah, dude, I might saying. be getting chirped. I I could be wrong because he didn't launch the like the Caps made the playoffs, but they didn't look that good under him. So I, it's a fifty fifty shot. I'm just going look. On the other they side of the when he when he made the every time he made the playoffs with the Caps, 
they lost in round one. Yep. When he, you know, one time, one time with the Predators, he made it to the finals. You know, there were times he lost, he won a series, lost in round two. You know, lost in a round, but a lot, a lot of round one exits. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, what coach, what other coach has a cup and has taken three teams to the cup final? Yeah, I, I, I understand that's, what you're saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, it, obviously I, I his system this guy though and, yeah I, I look uh, the rangers are too yep so, so yeah hey hopefully well, he doesn't babcock him am i right yeah exactly no that's uh no that's good good analysis for a team that's going to be on national tv all the time this year um to another team that will be on national tv all the time this year the new jersey devils last season 112 points Second in the Metro by just one point. Third overall in the NHL. They added Tyler Toffoli. Very sneaky good addition there. Thomas Noshek. They brought in Luke Hughes as well. He played a little bit in playoffs, but he'll be a nice addition to them. Jack's brother. Uh, Colin Miller. Great addition from the Stars there. Cal Foote and Chris Tierney. They lost Thomas Tatar. Miles Wood. Jesper Boquist. Igor Sharon Sharon Govich. And then obviously the uh, aforementioned Damon Severson. So uh, the Devils, I mean, you know, first of all, Nate, give it to me. Who are we? The Devils! The Devils! (laughs) Uh, This team is a wagon. Um, We could, I mean, you know, from top to bottom, I mean, Jack Hughes, incredible season last year. Uh, They got guys like Timo Meyer. He's there long term. You know, you go top to bottom. They've addressed part of the goaltending. They figured out who, you know, who's there. They shit Mackenzie Blackwood out. So, you know, they kind of have their their goaltending situation aligned. The blue line could be a little bit of a question as you get deeper down, but I think they are so good in the top nine. The Devils are going to be right there making noise for the next five years. Oh yeah, they're set up for the future for sure. I I do share your. Your slight little uneasiness about the blue line, though, Phil, down low. You ship out two big pieces, Damon Severson and Ryan Graves, experienced guys who've been there. And, I mean, Graves was awesome in Colorado and New Jersey, a steadying force. Severson, great guy at breaking the puck out, controlling play. And you're putting a lot of stock in Luke Hughes, and he might be fucking awesome, dude. I Mm -hmm. hope he is. Great pedigree. Yeah, great pedigree. (laughs) great family like everybody else in his family is awesome i and he looked decent in the playoffs last year they caught him up late but i i just think like bringing him up into the top four that young i think he could have a little bit of growing pains and you didn't really bring in anybody else on defense to replace that other guy you got two good players in your top four leaving and you only got one maybe good one coming in colin miller cal foot those are depth defensemen. We saw what Colin Miller did in oh, Dallas dude. last year. Oh, Cal, dude. Cal Foot, I like him. I like Hold him. Hold on. Yeah, I'm going to pump your fucking brakes pump real my fast brakes, on dude. Cal, Cal Foot, Foot I dude. like him, but I don't think he's ready for a top four role. Because he hasn't been given the opportunities, dude. He's been shipped down on the third pairing in Tampa for how long, man? This guy is good. He's the son of an NHL legend. He's just been, he's been stuck with shit minutes, man. And maybe... Maybe it's the pairing. Maybe it's the coach. Maybe it's the system. 
But well, I'm telling he's, you, he's this really Cal Foot, in front Cal of Foot is going game. to be a great offensive defenseman for I'll, this New Jersey De- Devils team. I, I'll I'll take you up on that, Nate. Like I I hope you're right there. I just I'm just saying there's uncertainty there. They're unproven in this. Role. I'm putting him. I'm putting him in the. I'm putting him in my top four pairing, and I'm gonna let him fucking ride, man. Because this kid, I'm telling you, this kid's got natural instinct. He's just been put in a system where. He's been put down on a line where he's not getting a ton of minutes. Well, and when you have Sergachev he, and Hedman ahead of you, there's not a lot you can do to get past him either. So, like, he could be elite and just hasn't had a chance to show it. You you could have exactly. a there. Exactly. You know? I, I think he's got the, the potentials there. We've seen it in, like, we've seen it in small bits because that's all we've been given. I'm telling you, you give him more minutes, you're going to see more from the kid okay so i'm i'm really high on this i'm really high on this cal foot signing i'm high on this thomas thomas nosek signing as well um i think that's a great addition for this team of course i'm high on the of course i'm high on the tyler to foley um guys i've got this team finishing first in the in the metro this year okay i've got this team finishing first because where these other teams they've they've added some vet pieces and that's great I think they. I think New Jersey's got the pieces that they need. I think they've got the coaching in place. My big concern, though, is what's between the pipes because we saw that was their crux in the playoffs last year. They didn't know who they could go to. They didn't have anybody they could rely on because neither between Vitek Vanacek or Akira Schmid had any hot hand. There was no hot hand to be had there. Like the the Rangers oh, were really? scoring at the they Rangers were the Rangers were okay the, in the first Vitek round. In the, Vitek yes, Vanacek they got, for sure. Akira Schmid, I'm high on that guy. I I would they got trust that he guy got him anything. through the first round. He got him through the first round. But my God, man, he got cold as soon as they got against the Rangers. They the, he got the Hurricanes. Cold. The whole team. Or yes, yeah. Sorry, they blew their load against the rangers and jack hughes basically said that on 32 thoughts they blew their load beating the rangers and the canes just pounded them into oblivion yeah over over a five game series i mean it it is what it is it was a young team that's that's exactly what i was gonna say emotional high emotional low man peaks and valleys dude yep and yeah it was a young rookie goalie i i could i think the whole team just got they they had an unexpectedly great season uh, unless you were me telling you guys they were good five games into the season when they were terrible <laughs> and everyone else was Sorry, shooting Lindy. on them. But anyway, they... Uh, they... Guys, all I'm saying, uh, but here's my thing. All I'm saying is right now I'm looking at their roster, and, and granted, this is this is ESPNs, so not the most reliable source, but they've got six goalies listed under the roster for the New Jersey Devils. You've got 19-year-old Tyler Brennan, 22-year-old Nico Dawes, 26-year-old Eric Kalgren, 34-year-old Keith Kincaid, 23-year-old Akira Schmid. He yeah, is Keith fucking Kincaid's back. He's like the number 8 goaltender on that roster. And then yeah. and then and then 27-year-old Vitek Vanacek. Vanacek Vanacek's yeah. team. Vanacek, man, the only concern I have for this team is if they go back to Vanacek. He is He's got not no glove. Fucking good, dude. Vitek Vanacek is a backup timeshare goalie. Akira Schmid is the future. He was elite in the regular season. He was elite in the first round. He got sucked into the whole, you know, 
we're kids. We blew our load, emotional high against our rival, coming back and beating him in the first round. That's growing pains. Akira Schmid is the goalie. If they don't ha- give him the starting job and give him the majority of the starts, they're fucking up right from the start there. My only concern with this team, the reason I have them third in my rankings, is because they had such an unexpected good year last year. I love the pieces they brought in. I love Tyler Toffoli. I think he gives them a lot of veteran experience. Tomasz Noshik, he provides a lot of grit to that bottom six, so on and so forth. But I think they just have a little bit of a coming back down to the earth, not just because they get went to such great heights last year, but also because the league's kind of figured them out a little bit. They generated offense one way last year. They capitalized off the rush. They capitalized on turnovers. They had a lot of high-flying, fast-paced offense. They need to get that grinding, like, wear you out in their game. And they we start to see that against the Rangers, and that's why they won that series. But they need to be able to sustain it for a whole season. And against a team like Carolina, I don't think they're going to supplant them. And against a newly invigorated Rangers, I don't think they're going to be better than them for a whole season. But I think they are very good and have a very bright future. That's why I took uh, Jesper Broad as my X-Factor, because he had 32 tucks last year. Back-to-back 73-point seasons, basically a point-per-game guy. Buzzes around with Jack Hughes, and I think Brat's going to be set up for a great year. So he's my X-Factor, and I had the Devils finishing third as well, Aaron. Um, set me up for another Rangers-Devils first round, baby. Love to <clears> see that. Yeah, that is the – I mean, that is that is peak first-round hockey. Um, when I like to see it later on, yeah, but with the way it's set up, that's the best we get. Guys, let's hop down to the last team in the Metropolitan Division. Last season's Metropolitan Division champions, 113 points, first in the Metro, second in the league, the Carolina Hurricanes. They added Dmitry Orlov, Michael Bunting, Brendan Lemieux, and Tony D'Angelo. They lost Max Pacioretty, Shane Gostaspair, Derek Stepan, Calvin DeHaan, Paul Stastny, and Jesse Pugliarvi. So Carolina last year finished first, Tough first round against the Islanders, got through that, you know, made light work of the New Jersey Devils, and then just got absolutely boat raced by the Florida Panthers. Um, once again, team that plays hard, kills all the penalties, does all the right things during the regular season, and they get exhausted come playoff time. They also had a lot of injuries. So let's give them a little, you know, a little pass there. They were hurt to all hell. Uh, they did sign Sebastian Ajo long term. He is now here, uh, well, here in Raleigh. Um, for the foreseeable future. He got an eight-year deal. Uh, you know, Rod Brindamore will have this team ready to go. This team's always buzzing. For me, the big question for Caroline is, can they sustain it? Because they have not won an Eastern Conference final game the last two times they have been there. They are 0-8 the last two times they've made it to the Eastern Conference final. So um, I like this Hurricanes team. There are a lot of guys you can go uh, with, with, you know, with X-Factor for them. But I think one of the guys they brought in will be the X Factor. I am pumped to see what Dmitry Orlov can do, you know, with this team. So good last year when he went when he got to Boston. Unfortunately, didn't go their way. But you know, I'm excited to see what he can do uh, with this Carolina Hurricanes team. Yeah, uh, I got some things to say about this team. I want to hear what Nate says first. What do you think? I 
I mean, look, there were some there were some key additions there. I I, I like the additions they made. Um, you know, I, I think you expected not to be able to keep Gosh Despair. Um, I think that was just a nice little you know trade deadline addition that you tried to make for the playoffs. Um, you know, you lost some of the. You know, you lost your Paul Stastny's, your Case, your Calvin DeHans, you know, Derek Stepan. Those are some of the guys I feel like that are that were like a lower end nucleus. You know, like the third, fourth line nucleus guys. Jesse Pujarvi. I think you're fucking glad that you got him out of there. Um, Phil, I love your note on the Dmitry Orlov um, and and Michael Bunting too. Let's see what he does outside of that Toronto system where he's been around. You know, Michael or Austin Matthews forever. Um, you know, one guy that I'm gonna, I, mean, I think the guy that I'm gonna have is my X factor this year, coming back from an injury, Andre Svechnikov. How you know, you know, what's he looking like coming back this year? I, I, I think you want, and I think he wants to have a big year coming back. I think he wanted to have a big year last year. It got cut short, real short by injury. Um, and so I want to see him come back and have a huge year for this team. I love that X factor, Nate. I'm going with the same position, that left wing, but the guy that they just brought in, Michael Bunting. Right now, they've got him penciled in alongside Ajo and Seth Jarvis, two young star players. And just like he was with Matthews and Marner in Toronto, he's going to be the sandpaper, dig the puck off the wall, get in front of the net guy there. And I think he's going to capitalize and have a hell of a year. I also love the Orlov signing, Phil. This gives Carolina, in my opinion, the best defense in the league by a mile. Like... By ten miles, by twenty miles, I don't care. Every single. Parent. I mean, I mean, dude, your your defense is your defense is Brett Burns. You've got Brett Burns, Orlov, Pesci, Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin, Tony D'Angelo. Like, holy shit, dude! Looking at this, every pairing here is a top pairing on almost any team in the league. Slavin and Burns. I would take one of these. I would take one of these pairings on the Blue Jackets. Yeah, Slavin and Burns, top guys. Brady Shea underrated defenseman mobile can move the puck exciting to watch with brett pesci ultimate lockdown guy dimitri orlov ultimate two-way guy tony d'angelo fire wagon crazy motherfucker but damn can he score like this defense is the engine of this team and their roster is awesome and the reason i don't have them finishing first is because they don't give a fuck about the regular season anymore They've been to the Eastern Conference Final twice. They've ran out of gas and got swept both times. They don't care about some meaningless game in January. I think Rod Brindamore is getting to the point where he's like, I can't squeeze every drop of energy out of this team every night anymore. Let's let's remember, this is his first head coaching gig in the NHL still. Even though he's been there for a few years, he's been very good. I think he's realizing, like, let's get through the regular season and let fuck a president he's it's like fuck a president's yeah. trophy you ramp that shit up in playoffs you're good enough to get through the regular season and make it to the dance save your juice for the dance that's why they're my pick to go to the ramp fucking... up ramp up that ramp up that month that month before yeah like that's when you that's when you really hit it like get like Hit your that like we've seen it man the teams that end up winning the cup are the teams that hit their stride within that last month of the regular season, and they just fucking ride it. Yep. 
That's they're my look, pick, look what the Panther the the Panthers last year. They they got on a little bit of a ride and look where it took them. Yep. The the Carolina Hurricanes second place in the Metro Stanley Cup final. I don't know that they'll win it. They're going to be the Eastern representative. That's that's my call. They're going to crank down the intensity just a little bit in the dog days of the season and they're going to turn it on when it matters. I love that. So you have them finishing second, Aaron? Second in the Metro, yep. You got him finishing second as well? Yeah, I got him winning the Metro again. But that's because yeah, that's I, got him second. I, I, I don't know if Ron Grindemore has that off switch, but I hope he finds it because this state would go absolutely fucking banana lands because the Panthers and Hornets are not it right now. <laughs> so everybody here's, Dude, everybody the here's looking the for the winner. the most vanilla franchise in pro sports. I can name um, one player on their team, and he was the guy who was drafted number one overall. Fuck that team. Nate, Nate. I mean, Nate's been to a game with me. It's uh, yeah, it, it's nothing to write home about at Bank of America unless they're unless they're winning. So, um, God, I can't. I'm choking on nothing right now. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's been a long one, boys. Christ alive. So no, I mean, yeah, Carolina to the uh, Cup final could absolutely see that. Um, when we start talking about the West later on, too, the West is looking mighty strong, but I like Carolina coming out of the East. I like that one, Aaron. So, boys, that'll just about wrap up this uh, Metropolitan preview. Do we have any final thoughts where we send her off? I'm burnt out. Left it all out there. Amen. I am pumped for the start of hockey season. Uh, like we said earlier, follow us on Twitter at Beerly Hockey if you have any questions. Or anything you want us to talk about. Um, I think our next preview will probably be the Atlantic. We'll stay Eastern and then we'll go Western. So we'll do the Atlantic next. And uh, if you're a fan of the team in the Atlantic division, send us uh, your listener questions. We'll be having to answer them while we go through it. So that'll wrap up this episode of the Beerly Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Racer. And for Aaron Kinney and Nate McBride, Beerly Hockey. Pairs well with Bruce. Hello, broadcast boys.